Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly Shonen Jump manga podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Did I do it right, Kevin? I think you finally got it. Oh my god, it only took us 12 episodes? However many. Yeah, a lot. I'm not keeping count, even though I edit them all. It's at least 10, because you had to make a second page. Yes. Okay. Although that counts our zero episode, so maybe not. We're back after a week's break, and I only needed one week of rest to get it right, finally. Yep. So yeah, we read Shonen Jump again this week. I kind of really missed it last week, although I just ended up getting caught up on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Because I wanted to read manga. As well as We Never Learned, Volume 1. Yeah. It was fun to read the volume. Yeah. We will get to that in a little while, but should we jump into Shonen Jump? No, we shouldn't, because we have to make announcements about changes to the podcast one last time. Yep. So we think the podcast is running a little bit long, and we feel a little bit rushed at the end of it. So we're going to be cutting down how much we talk about in each week of Shonen Jump. We're only going to talk about 11 chapters each week instead of the 17 we've been talking about. So hopefully that will cut things down. We're still going to be reading everything, and we're going to put everything on jump cards, so we'll mention it at least briefly every week. So you can look for us at least once going like, and Act Age. Yeah, but it's not going to be us, oh, I read Act Age again, or I read Neolation again, and I still don't (laughs) like it. And that's not going to take up two minutes of every single podcast. It'll just, well, it'll be at the jump card. It won't be, we'll have a discussion about the chapter, and then, and I didn't like it, so... So at the end of this episode, we are going to each pick four different series that we are going to continue to read, and we're going to talk about all eight of those every week. We're also going to pick two others to highlight every week and one monthly title every week. So we'll have 11 total that we do full discussions on, and we'll see how that feels and how long episodes go with that. That'll be a lot closer to what Shonen Jump was when it was more of a magazine. Yeah, I liked the length of the podcast when we were only doing... 10 or 12 chapters every week so i'm hoping this will feel a little bit more fluid and like you said we won't feel rushed at the end of the volume going like okay we've been recording for an hour and a half we need to get this done now all right so shall we jump into it so this one hopefully doesn't go too long yeah so we're gonna start with hell's paradise jigo kuraki chapter 44 which does not have a title Hey, this is the longest I've ever gone between reading uh, Shonen Jump and recording a podcast, so hopefully I remember these. I read these all, like, two hours ago. Oh, okay, so this should be fresh on your mind. Yep. So this one is basically all the characters waking up kind of after that big fight in separate places, just kind of talking about what they're going to do next. So I think one of the people waking up is part, their group is, like, kind of separate, it feels like. Yeah, the one in the cave. uh, Yeah. Gabby Morrow. Yeah, it feels like they weren't a part of the last couple of chapters at all. Is. Yeah, but there's a separate group that definitely has that samurai kind of guy in it. They are separated. Yeah, but we do have the main group kind of waking up. And so we get some talk about they have been sent here by the Shogunate to find the Elixir of Life. So I don't know if they're specifically in hell. They're talking about an island. So maybe they are in hell. They're somewhere weird, but they are sent here on a mission. They were not, they might have been prisoners and wardens, but they weren't caught in some terrible accident that sent them here. They were sent here with a purpose. At least some of them were. They're starting to talk about Gabi Maru and how he has a wife and how they think that she's maybe fictional, but maybe he doesn't know that either. 
Yeah, because he wakes up with total amnesia, can't remember everything. They also start going over, they call it Tau for their power ability. It's basically key or chakra or whatever. Yeah, they whatever call, you want to call it. They call it Tau. It's got the five affinities and then a yin and a yang where some boost others and restrict other ones. So like they mentioned, I'm a wood type and I get a boost or a restorative touch whenever this person touches me, but this person's an earth type and they restrict my Tau. And they mention, which I thought was pretty cool, that if you just use all of your Tau, you'll end up dying. Like there's tons of problems that can come with it. The goal is to send it out and then bring it back so that there's a constant cycle of energy so that you can still become more powerful than a normal person, but you're not just expending all of your life force, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool power setup. It's mostly exposition on that in this chapter, as yeah. long as, as well as the Gabi Maru kind of weird reveal, not reveal. So I liked it a decent amount. Like I said, I kind of do like this series, although I do feel a little lost. This chapter was entirely exposition, and still I don't really feel like I know anything more about what's going on. I got more about what's going on, but I still don't know everything that's going on. So this is... Unfortunately, I haven't really caught up on anything I wanted to read. Like I told myself I was going to sit down and start reading through Demon Slayer, and that, that didn't happen. So I haven't basically read anything besides these chapters that we've been reading for this week. So I'm not any more caught up and can't help fill in any blanks, but I do want to do that at some point. All right. So that brings us to We Never Learn, question 95. He has a flash of enlightenment and sprints forth to X. You know what the best part of reading We Never Learn was this week? I didn't write down any of the chapter names in the volume. Nice. That's not true. I did the first two and gave up. But it was really nice after I gave up. Yes. Although it is not my least favorite title we're going to be talking about this week title meaning in this case literal title not series yep what did you think of we never learned kevin i still really like we never learned i know you do me too this one didn't super impress me it felt really water tready but it was pretty good basically Yu-Gi-Oh overhears some people talking about oh man it would be so good to live in foreign lands they kiss each other just as a greeting and someone's like on the cheek though yep. and Yu-Gi-Oh remembers i should write down her name because i don't know it i have it written down later for the volume, but he remembers his kiss with the girl he went to junior high with, and how she's like, it's just the way they greet people, yep. and how it's definitely not, and she would definitely know that. Yeah, and he realizes that he does have some feelings for her after talking with Ogata. during They're doing this like race exercise thing for school, and so you'd think I remember her name also reading the, the volume, but I can't remember Ruhashi. either. Furuha- no, oh, not no. Furuhashi. Uh, the, the one who's swimmer chick. can't remember. Yeah, swimmer chick. Her name is Uruka Takamoto. There we go. So he realizes that he does have some feelings for her because he's trying to describe how he felt because he's telling Ogata he's doing that classic thing of, I have this friend that went through this situation. I don't want to admit it happened to me. And so Ogata asks him, how did your friend feel during this? So he starts thinking through it. And how, even though he might really like her, he still really wants her to succeed. So he wants her to go do this study abroad thing. 
you missed the part where first he asks Furuhashi for advice and she says, oh, I just remembered I have to do some other thing and starts running as fast as she can. And yep. Agata can't run. So, yeah, she actually ends up like up with her. spraining her ankle or hurting her foot somehow. So I did forget that part, which was pretty great because everyone no, just bring it up because it's my, it's my favorite joke in this chapter. Yeah. Well, I like everyone else being like, wow, Furuhashi's really fast. <laughs> So yeah, We Never Learn is always pretty good, but this one didn't really impress me, which we'll get to later on. It wasn't bad, though. Next, though, we got One Piece, Chapter 930, Ibisu Town, another series that's never bad. Nope. Zoro is taken to this, like, small town where there's some mysterious bandit who couldn't possibly be Shinten Maru, who steals from the rich and gives money to all the poor people there. Yep. And the poor people are always smiling. And they say it's because humans are the only beings that can smile. So why not smile, essentially? Like, that's kind of their philosophy. We should be smiling all the time, even if there's we're hungry, we're poor, things are going wrong. There's no reason not to smile, so we should be smiling. And they try and get Zoro to smile, which he doesn't till somebody sticks fingers in his mouth to kind of like half make him smile. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, Big Mom is invading Wano. Yes. Which is uh, an escalation and pretty rad. Yep. And then one of the, I'm guessing he's one of the Drake pirates, not part of Kaido's crew, is like this pterodactyl. And as their ship is climbing the waterfalls into Wano and they breach the top, he kicks the ship back down the waterfall. And is like, I don't know why everyone was so worried that Big Mom was coming up the waterfall. Yeah, but it is a pretty cool escalation because you know she's going to get up that waterfall. Well, yeah, it was even great. If, even if she gets kicked down two or three more times. Although we do see a shot of her in the water. Oh, do we? I th- I thought we did. I thought. I, I mean, like obviously, the ship fall. Obviously, somebody's going to save her, but I did see a shot of her in the water because when he kicks the ship, she gets it gets kind of like sent the wrong way because it was basically vertical at the point where he kicked it, and he kicked it from the underside. I don't remember what the underside of the ship is called, but he kicks there, so it tips backwards, and so we see her, I believe we see a shot of her in the water. Again, I'm sure one of her other crew members are is going to pull her out of it, but she's probably going to be super pissed about that. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the cliffhanger from last week, Law tells Usopp and Sanji and Frankie that if they get caught, they should just die without saying anything. Yes. And there's a great bit of Usopp being like, no, I'm going to tell them everything if they catch me. Yeah, and, and so I think it's Sanji's like, well, then I'll have to protect you, or Law says that, and Usopp's like, my plan worked perfectly. <laughs> but the Drake pirates are basically just roughing everybody up, demanding the Soba chef shows up. So Sanji's like, well, they don't know what my face looks like. As long as I kick them to death, it'll be fine. Yeah, I can beat them quickly. And even though we need to focus on increasing our forces, one way to help turn the tide of the battle is to decrease theirs. So if I take this guy out, he won't be a threat in the upcoming battle, and that's a victory for us. So next week, Sanji's going to kick some dinosaurs. That sounds pretty good. At least one dinosaur. There's only one dinosaur. I thought there were two there. No, I think there's only one at the moment. Well, either way, it's going to be... Speaking of only one, it's a bad transition, though. So you go. I had nothing. Okay. Uh, We have nothing. So next up is The Promised Neverland. Speaking of good old faithfuls, chapter 119, Encounter. This is a pretty slow chapter with not a lot to talk about, but it's also a super essential, super good one. Because yep. it's just everyone reuniting with Norman. Yeah. 
And one of the challenges of manga is you have to devote kind of a whole chapter to this, but also it's earned and it feels really good, even though I've only been watching it for a little bit. Yeah, I really liked the emotional impact of this chapter. Just the, I think they took two whole pages just for Emma to hug Norman. Like, there's an entire, it's like a full page spread of her like sprinting across the room to grab him. There's also a lot of Norman explaining stuff that Kevin's told me, so I assume it's not news to the audience. It's just news to Emma and the kids there. Yeah. Some of the specifics of, like, the farm he went to, we didn't know what the name of it was. I had hint, I like, I had guessed that Adam and Norman were in the same farm, but that was a confirmation of it. I gotcha. Because Adam constantly repeated Norman's uh, number, like the tattoo on his neck in previous chapters, and... I recognize that symbol on him as the one of the symbols from earlier. So it was kind of one of those. All right. So it's cool to know that that's like my comp- my suspicions were confirmed there. And it basically ends on the cliffhanger of Norman being like, you have to understand what the demons actually are. So probably more exposition and backstory next week. But like I'm I said, in- I really like the emotions here. Yeah. So. And I'm really excited for that cliffhanger because it's kind of cool. Him explaining. All right. Well. Because they were like, hey, Norman, why are you setting up this, like, hidden paradise? Shouldn't we be trying to escape into the real world, which they know is different from this one? And it's him being kind of, all right, well, I mean, there's a reason demons eat humans, and that's important to what I'm doing here. All right, so speaking of stuff we definitely like and have good things to say about, what did you think of Neolation Process 5 Unlock? Uh... That sums it up pretty nicely. There's a bad pun about how Neo is a jerk and some cool putting a, your phone on a car to track it. Yeah. And then there's also silliness like, oh, yeah, here's this convenient box that does everything. So here's your own personal sonic screwdriver <laughs> that's connected to me and we can communicate. So. Basically, I'm not out of this fight at all. You're just, you have to physically run around for some reason. I I can't do it. We do get the villain's motivation in this, though, which is actually a little interesting to me, which is that he's created an AI that's supposed to read human emotions. And so he's trying to drive people to death and record it to feed that information to the AI, which when I say it out round is terribly roundabout and not the best way to do that. But I mean, he is the villain, so... That kind of makes sense that that's his motivation. The thing that killed it for me and the villain was just the line that when he was 18, he won a hacking contest. There's a hacking contest. Kevin, sometimes you and I have to play Digimon Cyber Sleuth together. That's another thing that doesn't know how hackers are, but it's at least beautiful. Yeah, this was just... Admittedly, there are... I, I don't know if there actually are, but... It's much more plausible when people are like, oh, yeah, so this security company holds a challenge for a bunch of the world's major thieves to try and break through the security systems, which like sounds like something plausible, except you would then have the majority of the world's major thieves trying to break into your building and you would just arrest them all. Yeah. Like that wouldn't happen in I real life. Hacking, though, it's hard to arrest if they're good at it. But yeah, then but you a, don't hacking, win. a hacking contest, I just... That 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 killed it for me in the chapter. That and somehow Neo was talking to the girl, even though the dude was in the same room through the geo box somehow. And she didn't have like headphones on 
or something because they were having a conversation, not just her doing stuff. So, I. It's not our favorite. No. Uh, also not our favorite, Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 43, Kyoto Sister School Goodwill Event Team Battle Part 10. Still not the worst title, but not good. What did you think of Jujutsu Kaisen, Kevin? I got super confused when they were going through the these are these guys' abilities. Me too, because I'm like, is this these people? Is this Because I think it's I think it's the one guy is thinking of his opponent's abilities in exposition form. Oh, and the other guy is responding with that, and it's not... And responding with his opponent. So they're talking about the other person's abilities, is what I'm thinking. But it's in a different font, and it definitely looks like, if you watch the My Hero Academia anime, like when they put people's quirk up on the screen to remind you. Yeah, so it would be like in the middle of the tournament arc, instead of telling you what the new person's quirk is, over Midoriya's head would be, this is what that person's quirk is, without telling you that first part. So it would be just... Midoriya, and it'd be the quirk of the guy he was fighting, and it makes absolutely no sense until I sat there and tried and, like, figure through it. One of them can control anything that touches his blood, so he that's can, a cool power. He can specifically control his blood, including anything it touches, which I did think was pretty cool. So he was using it to, like, control his arrows that he was shooting. He put some of his blood okay. on the fletching. And the other one has some sort of angel power that I didn't write down. He had demon summoning. He can So the toad that snatched the arrow out of the, like, I, I do understand kind of what's going on, but he mentioned that he can summon demons or Shinigami or yeah. spirits. He can, he can summon something. And he mentioned that they're doing something else at the moment. And then the other guy who can control his blood is essentially doping himself. And the other guy says, it's like, Oh, you're doping yourself. He's like, yeah, but I don't like the negative connotations. I'm just like boosting my adrenaline and doing a bunch of other stuff hey, to like your second is my second is my favorite transformation. That's just Luffy doping himself. Yes. Only other note is that you're summoning demons to kill a sleeping girl question mark. So yeah, I, then I got super lost because apparently this is a goodwill event and there was text notification or some kind of notification that because she was put to sleep, like she was essentially eliminated. But then there seems to be this sinister plot that people are trying to assassinate people at the thing because they mentioned that, like, this is only supposed to have grade two demons and they've summoned a grade one demon to take out the students or something like that. I, I got really confused at the end there. Yeah, this was probably the most confusing read of anything for me this week. Yeah, so even though I do like Jujutsu Kaisen, it went really far down on the list because I was like, I I don't know what's going on why does this guy keep talking about sam and row <laughs> so on the unconfusing side of things we have hell warden higama chapter four life force part two why higama why do you do this to me well come on clearly that was a two-part chapter it's gonna be at least three parts they might change it to a different chapter title like hopefully it's not gonna be life force part three that is my hope so Kongo Shui is a diamond raven spirit, and he's the one stealing all the life force from the el elderly, and he smells something is up. Yep. So Higuma attacks him and he dodges. That was the one piece of art in this chapter I really didn't like. I can When I stared at it, I could tell, oh, that's what happened, but only because of the exposition of he dodged. It's these two hands just like clapping together, master hand style on him. Yeah. And, and like there is a little like anime dodge shadow thing in the middle. Thing. Yeah. But it doesn't read very well. 
No, without the exposition, I wouldn't have known that he dodged it until the next panel when he's fine. So I agree that was a little... I really wish they had done something to show that he was dodging it. Like, maybe if the hands weren't actually clapped together but were, like, open and they showed him zooming away from him would have made it a lot more clear as to what was happening. So anyway, there's an explanation about what life force is. It's what you expect, but the fiends in this series need to steal it from humans to stay in the world of the living. Yeah, because if they don't, they will go back to hell. And this one steals from the elderly because he feels bad stealing from people that have a lot of life ahead of them. He wants to steal from people who are about to die anyway. Yep, and that kind of pisses Higuma off. I feel like because he thinks about the little girl that's missing yeah. her grandmother. or and she, and she doesn't have much time with her grandmother. Yeah, to anyway. begin with. Yeah. And he's show this demon stealing what little time they have left. So the, oh man, I didn't write down what they're called. The Burhima? Sounds vaguely right. Higuma's servant, who's a spirit, is like, hey, Ayaha, you should help me out. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, yeah, you have the magic sigil. I guess King Enma gave it to you. I thought that was pretty great because she's like, I can't do that with her hand on the tree trunk. And he's like, yeah, you can. And she looks over and it's kind of got this moment of like, where did I get this tattoo? Why is it glowing? (laughs) So she turns into kind of a spirit robed form. I actually really like it. I just realized it's not revealing at all, which I think is a big plus. Yes. It's very action-y. And while I talked about how Higuma is super rote and typical, and I think that's 100% true, she is the character that I feel like could break it out of that. The more we focus on her and the less on Higuma, the more I think I will like this series, especially if Higuma is like a yeah. kind of force in it and she's the main character. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't really focus on Higuma at all. Yes. Like, and, and that's why I yeah. like this chapter a lot more than past ones. And I hope that keeps up. I hope she stays the main character yeah. and doesn't end up becoming like a Krillin figure. I really like the so the one guy's talking about how the spears that they can summon with these sigils only affect spirits so that they can just smack the sudama out of the elderly and so he's like running into the group of the elderly just taking out these sudamas and she's like i don't think that this leaves them totally okay i feel their bones shattering and he's like no 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 that's just the sudama just swing it like a bat and she's like i've never played baseball he's like oh well here's the perfect chance to see it and then we cut to higuma summoning this giant studded club to go smack down the Diamond Devil? Diamond Raven. Diamond Raven. His name is Kangushui. Sure. He's going to be gone soon, so I'm not going to bother memorizing it. I think he might be one of those characters who sticks around. We'll see, because Higuma did get super pissed off at him. Possibly, but I'm also assuming that because he kind of has to send these people to hell that he's not going to stick around. That's true, but there's already been one weird, like, exception case. I don't know, I just got real Hiei vibes off of him, so. Kind of. We will see next week or the week after at some point. So next up, we have Haikyuu chapter 334 through Rock Bottom. What did you think of this one? I'm still really liking Haikyuu. I'm still really liking all of the personal revelations that the characters are having. So this time it's mainly focused on one of the guys from the other team and how he kind of feels a ton of pressure. At the moment, because he's like, man, this Boku guy on the other team is doing really good and I'm really struggling and I've got all this pressure from my teammates. And then they mention that the crowd starts cheering for Bokuto and he gets pumped up by it. And he's like, man, how is the crowd not stressing him out? How is he 
How is he so carefree? How do they all seem so carefree about this match? And then he finally gets the realization that, oh, I've got all this pressure to perform like some big star. And then he kind of goes, wait, I'm not a big star at all. Why, why do I need to let this pressure affect me in the first place? So I feel like this next match is going to be really close between the two because he's kind of finally realized I don't have to be the big star. I can kind of enjoy the game. I can lean on my team. It doesn't all have to be on me. We're a good team. Yeah, I kind of, I don't want to say I'm at my limit with Haikyuu because I've really liked the last two chapters, but this one I really saw the formula in play and it just didn't speak to me nearly as much as the last two did. Whereas like gotcha. that first one we read, that was like a personal creed you adhere to. Yep. And last week was one that like is one I'm really, really focused on myself. This one felt like a weird miss because I, the morals seemed kind of muddied and it definitely didn't speak to me the same way. And it's getting kind of repetitive. Yeah, we'll see how long this goes, but this has also been going on for 300 chapters. Yeah, so. I don't imagine every chapter is like this. No, and this is also, this seems like a very big game, so they're probably focusing on a lot of this stuff. I just, I since I haven't been reading it, I do kind of like the fact that we're kind of focusing on a different person every chapter and them getting over their internal struggles about stuff, and while... I don't have the problem of, oh, I feel all this pressure to perform. I at least understand what that feeling is. And I was kind of glad that this guy, even though he was on the enemy team, he got over it and the game's going to be more fun for him. So speaking of fun, next up we have Food Wars Chapter 295, Soma Yuka Freakish Talent. Hey, guess who got caught up on Food Wars this week? Nice. This guy. Erin is the best character. I really hope that Soma doesn't have to rescue her this arc. That would be very funny where she just, oh yeah, no, I, I beat. I beat him already. I beat him already. And he's like, oh, but I wanted to challenge him. Come on. I think that would be good. I think it would be good if uh, Soma ends up jobbing to him and he beats her. Or I also think it would be fine if Soma just beats him before he gets a chance to yeah. face Erina. And it's Erina and Soma in the finals. I think that would be fine as well. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that, well, there's not a lot of ways it could go, but there's a couple of ways it could go, and I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. So this one is basically devoted to Soma's like secret bit in his cake, which is these coffee crumbles. He's mixed into these firecrackers that have a bit of moisture in them so that they don't end up too dry. It's a cream. It's a derivative of the frosting he used on the rest of the cake. Yep. I definitely liked the one judge going through the like, yeah, the coffee crumbles are kind of dry and kind of crumbly. And they like put the pause in the text bubble because even he's like, uh-huh, I just described the coffee crumbles as crumbly. I don't have another, but he kind of goes like, there's not another word for it. That's why they're called crumbles. Meanwhile, we see Soma's dad talking with, uh, is it the former director? Yeah. It's the the, for- okay. I couldn't remember if that was him or not. Yeah. And it, Arena's grandfather. Yeah. And he's like, I guess Soma's freakish talent is all the demands I put on him in my restaurant and all the weird restaurant touring tricks I made him learn. Yeah. Because we're a family style restaurant. So you'll have guys who come in seven days a week. So they, you can't afford to have them bored versus five-star restaurants, the novelty of the five-star restaurant will bring new people in all the time. And people don't come to a five-star restaurant every night for dinner. So you can come up with a specialty and just keep serving that because the 
people aren't eating at all the time versus if they're coming into this family diner all the time, they're going to get bored and leave. So we're an elite family diner. Also, we have to cater to our regular customers. Yeah. So we know how to like take into account their needs and what they want right now. Yep. So uh, Soma wins, of course. Sarge takes a bite of the cake to get naked because, of course, she does. It's Food Wars. Yep. She's kind of like, okay, I guess you are kind of good, but there's no way you can beat Saiba because of your knife. Dun, dun, dun. And yeah. I presume there will be more detail on that later because we know from previous chapters I just caught up on that Saiba has a very similar knife. Yes. And the chapter ends on the cliffhanger that the next bout is going to be between Tsukasa and Saiba. So I guess Tsukasa gets the job to him. Yep. Or he's going to beat him, and this is going to be a weirdly anticlimactic story, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. Speaking of anticlimax, no, that doesn't quite work. Speaking of no climax, next we have Dr. Stone Z equals 90, new world map. Still Dr. Stone? Still Dr. Stone. They're... It was kind of cool. They're playing Civ Five, so they're uh, they're, <laughs> they're exploring. Mapping. They're explo- Yeah, they're mapping their territory to figure out what resources are in each hex. They like, have literally- lots of resources. Or they- there's lots of video game jokes. Yeah, like it was kind of funny. It's not again. It's kind of middle of the road, which it isn't. It's not bad, but it's middle of the road. So it's like, yeah, I I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I like Ryusei, I think a lot. The more he shows up. Yeah. Like, what a weird dirtbag he is. That was kind of funny when he was like, oh, we're going to have a feast, and it's, like, all fish because they've got this food shortage. So he's like, I need to find food now. <laughs> like, almost screw finding oil. I need to, we're going to start, use the air balloon to hunt for new food for these people, me and, specifically. And invent farming, because that should be good. Yeah. So next we have something that's not... uh Average, or at least I don't think so, which is Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba, Chapter 142, Insect Hashiri Shinobi Kyochu. That's word salad, but at least it's not Part 72. Yes. Uh, what do you think of Demon Slayer? I'm really liking Demon Slayer. Yeah, it's weird being dropped into the middle here, but it's a good spot, I think, also. Yeah. It's high emotion, and it all works in that anime way of getting the flashbacks for context. Yep. And so, on my computer at home, I have a web browser open with Demon Slayer's chapter one to read. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read through Demon Slayer. It's still sitting at chapter one for like <laughs> three weeks in a row. I've been doing a bunch of other stuff, but I'm like, I, I, I have no room to talk. I have a number of similar tabs open. Yeah. So it's going to sit there. And when I get some manga time, because I've been reading some other like actual books, I'm going to read through Demon Slayer. That's the first one that I've decided that I'm going to get caught up on of the ones that I haven't already been reading because it seems really cool and I'm really liking it, but it's still, the story always drops a little bit when I'm like, I I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of the stuff that's like, I feel like I'm missing out on a couple of the beats because I don't have the backstory of the couple hundred chapters before this. That said, it's pretty tight and the beats are pretty loud. Yeah. Um, Still still really good. Still really liking Demon Slayer. We get a lot of background on the enemy that I wrote down her name. I wrote it down in our fancy sheet of names. Is it a girl? Sh- it's Shinobu. Yeah, Shinobu. Okay. That we, the enemy that Shinobu's fighting, and basically he was born into this weird religion where they decided he was the Messiah. Okay. So, so I'm not clear if he was a human or... Yeah, that's where you confused me, because you said the enemy Shinobu. Oh. And I was like, 
wait, no, I thought the demon was a dude. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Shinobu is the Kunoichi fighting him. I yes. assume she's a ninja. Basically, he decided that he was just going to lie to people and tell them about heaven and then kill them to make them happy. So I'm not really... It's clear that he's a demon, so I guess in this setting, maybe people become demons. Yeah, it's possible that he became one or that he was born as one because he has, like, rainbow-colored eyes and pale hair. And everyone came to him for advice because he was supposed to be able to talk to the spirits. But he was like, yeah, when you die, you're just done. So... And he realized, like, all these adults who kept thinking of heaven were always sad. So he kept lying to them to make them happy. And then it became this twisted thing of how to make people happy is to essentially kill them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Shinobu is, like, kind of cursing herself because she has to use poison. She gets a chance to lop off his head, but her limbs are just too short. So she's not very strong. Yeah, she's like, ah, if I was just a little bit taller, I'd have more muscles, which means I have more strength. Which true from a technical standpoint but <laughs> i've seen 90 pound japanese guys that can flip me over their head and i'm 300 pounds so i do like the kind of feel of it though yeah and it ends on this rad panel of her stabbing him through the throat yeah because she's like oh if i catch him in the neck with the poison that'll probably do it so yeah i'm really liking demon slayer yeah it seems really cool also, something I'm really liking is Chainsaw Man. And next is Chapter 6, Service, which is actually maybe my least favorite chapter so far. But this was still, still pretty good. Yeah, this is pretty good. So it starts with Denji getting permission to take power out, basically. It's basically power gets permission to go outside of the base. And Denji's like, you have to get permission to leave the base. She's like, yeah, I'm a fiend. It's like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. So there's this great scene of them on the train. And he's like, yeah, I, I know you're feeling i used to have a pet but now he's here in my heart forever and powers like humans are so dumb yes. and i really wanted him to be like no i mean literally <laughs> i i desperately wanted him to open his shirt and be like no 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 he's right here pointing at the ripcord for his chainsaw yeah i'm expecting that basically to happen to be like yeah, no no week. no my pet is literally here in my heart but anyway she's like all right the demon's up in that house we gotta save my cat or whatever She's starting to show inconsistencies in her story, but then she gets kind of pumped up to do it after talking about Fuchita. Yep. But then there's a bat demon inside, and it's a trap. Well, first she, like, cracks him over the head. With on her the mallet? <laughs> yeah, because he's walking up, and he's like, wait a minute, if the demons can sense you, why are you walking up to the house? Don't we need to... Have he's... Migo? Yeah, don't we need to have Migo alone? And that's when she summons, like, a blood mallet, it looks like, or something like that. And... Because I think she's, yeah, she said she's a blood demon or a blood fiend. So she creates like a small hammer out of her blood and cracks him over the head when he starts to realize what's going on. Yeah. And then, then there's the bat demon that she's apparently helping for some reason. He's like, hey, you owed me. You took so long. She's like, it was so hard to get off the base. Lay off. Yep. So he drinks some of Denji's blood. He kind of squeezes him like an orange. Yeah. Because he lost his arm to humans. He's like, I lost this arm to humans, so I'm going to drink some human blood to regenerate it. And he drinks Denji and is like, ew, you taste disgusting, but it does regenerate his arm. So he's like, all right, well, now I have to go drink some regular humans to get this taste of this dude out. And that's pretty much where the chapter ends. There's also some stuff with, what's her name? I know I wrote it down. Makima? Makima, yeah. Makima. Of... About with her like reporting to her superiors and being like, I don't know, there's one interesting guy. Yeah, there's one useful one and one interesting one. They're like, we're not paying you for the useful ones. And then 
for interesting ones. Oh yeah, we're not paying you for the interesting ones. And make sure you don't get attached. And there's also some, a bit of her and Suit Samurai Guy. Hayakawa. Talking in the car about Denji and how he sees him as useless. And she's like, yeah, but those chainsaws are pretty sweet. He's like, chainsaws? Yeah, because they talk about... There's this cool like bit of world building where they're like, yeah, the demon is more powerful. Like it, Every demon is the demon of something. And like the scarier that thing is, the worse that demon is. So like a demon of boxes is not particularly scary. But like a demon of automobiles, you imagine getting ran over. He's a chainsaw demon. Yep. For whatever reason, you saying the demon of boxes reminded me of, of the, the box, box ghost. ghost. I didn't think of that until you just said reminded me of. Because yep. I do not think of Danny Phantom often. But Neither do I, but bam, box ghost immediately popped into my head. The thing she talks about is coffee, like a demon of coffee. Yeah, people it, wouldn't I be. I remember what it was. Yeah, people wouldn't be too scared of a demon of coffee. But well, like then if, they've never been had hot coffee thrown on them. Yeah, but they wouldn't be super, like you're not. Scared of coffee? Scared of coffee, but a car demon, you would at least be somewhat scared of like, oh, I might be run over. And it's like a chainsaw demon. That's terrifying. So he would be extremely powerful kind of thing, which, like like you said, was a really cool bit of world building that I was excited to learn about. Uh, so next up, we have Black Clover, page 189, humans who can be trusted. So have like the elves always had background and personality and I just haven't seen it? Or is this new? Because it seemed really out of left field for me. This is new. We knew that the elves were people were and people had backstories and had backstories. We didn't know that about these specific elves. I don't even know that we know these specific elves names. It just read like I was supposed to know who they were when I was reading. N- it. Yeah, not my favorite chapter because it it felt weird. I did like this. It's a bit of. They've done this before, but mentioning the fact that the humans kind of wiped out the elves, which is why the elves are now pissed at the humans. And this is a bit of a backstory into why the royals have so much magic, because they essentially absorbed all the elves' magic to turn themselves into gods, essentially. Like, that was their strategy, was, we're going to absorb all the elves' magic. Why should some non-humans have the ability to cast magic? We're going to use it and become the rulers of this land. Right. So, there was that. There's the gangs all back together, eating food, They're, swallowed in a bunch of cotton. I also get to have a triumphant blow on the elves that they're fighting. Yep. There's some shonen friendship stuff where he's like, I didn't even want to be saved, Baka. There was one little bit that I kind of liked where the, I think this was the elf talking. Yeah, it was the elf talking about nothing is ever free. Even the power to do this doesn't come without a cost. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool but this wasn't one of my favorite chapters yeah my only note is now the elves have background and personality but also near the end i was getting kind of rushed so yeah so that brings us to the last weekly chapter which is act age chapter 49 aria and Iwao. why at least we're getting backstory now i guess i i got backstory that i don't understand cool (laughs) the actor was very good at street fighter but hated it and there's some, like, pretentious stuff about acting in here, too. There's this one line that I kind of love, even though I don't think it's particularly good, because the series hasn't earned it, at least not from the three chapters I've read, whereas acting teachers like talking about how everyone lies all the time. Actors are those who tell the truth by lying. Yeah, yeah. and I've I've heard that before, not specifically about yeah. acting, but... Yeah, I get it. Writers, as, fiction, that kind of thing. As artistic yep. expression, but it just like i said felt unearned so yeah that and oh yeah i got scouted as a kid who like sat around doing nothing like you you're going to be an amazing actor it what that 
he was a kid sitting in like a street corner ditching school. Again, there was also the very confusing bit at the end where the woman was like, don't become an actor. And then him going like, so that's an actor. But he was like looking at his mentor's back. And I was like, I thought his mentor was a producer. Now I'm, I'm super confused. Was he talking about the woman? What, what's going on here? All right. So speaking of what's going on here, next we have the first of the monthly books we read this week, which is Ruby chapter three. Uh, how about that Ruby, Kevin? Eh. We went, we played the Ruby board game last week. That was pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm really liking the current Ruby season. Okay, I'm not watching it, but that's good. Yeah. Uh, this manga, though, is Yang looks so off model. Yes. I, I don't get it. And Whis as well. There's a cute cover page of Whis and Ruby feeding some cats. It's not the cutest picture I've seen of Whis and Ruby feeding some cats, but it's the highlight of this chapter. Yeah, it's it's very weird art. There's a weird, it's like he's trying to do a chibi section, but they don't look cute. They just look poorly drawn instead and it's like that the proportions are super weird like blake's ear bow looks huge yeah and like it looks like long and lanky in a weird way yeah i it's just it's it's all very weird and i wasn't a fan of it i don't like jean in this version of it he doesn't look the same and so he doesn't look as innocent he looks like a weird jock yeah like he doesn't look like the kind of meek guy that he's portrayed as. No, in he looks the anime. like a football captain. Yeah. With like long flowing hair. He looks as like a football to... captain who's not attractive. Well, but he's got like the, lo- it's not long flowing hair, but his hair is like much more billowy in this as opposed to in the other one where it's kind of like a crew cut or not a crew cut, but it's like close crop to his head. I just not a huge fan of Ruby, but it's, you know, they're going through the paces of Ruby, so besides the art being really weird, it's like, all right, so this is like episode three. They got to the part where Ruby is kind of good for a minute, though, and boy, are they not capturing it. No. I think a lot of that is they don't really show action at all. No. And, like, when they show character, it looks so bad. Yeah. All right, so last but not least, we have World Trigger. I read both chapters that released this month since they were on the same day. You read both or just the more recent one? I just read the more recent one. That one's didn't... the better one, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, I didn't realize that there they're, had been one before that. They were on the same day. They were both January 3rd this year. 172 okay. and 173. Uh, chapter 173, Azuma Squad. So basically, it's talking about how in order to achieve their goals, the main character squad, whose name I don't know, I'm sorry. Takoma 2, something like that. Yeah, it sounds right. Takoma 2. Need to get four points. But their captain was shot in the leg, or his leg was shot off, rather, in the previous chapter, so he's a real liability, and they need to be four points up, and if he dies, they'll lose the point. Yeah. And so he's forced to log out, which means in order to win, they have to all survive and take the three other teams out, or three other team members out, I should say. Yeah. They did also mention that if he was able to get 60 meters away from anybody else when he was forced to bail out, no one would be awarded the point. Which is a cool little tactical bit, but they don't do anything with it after. No, because, well, they mentioned because they're stuck in the close-in mall that he can't do that. He can't make it away fast enough. So he's forced to kind of give up a point. So Azuma Squad starts releasing radar dummies, basically. Yep. And because the mall is so crowded and multi-layer, it just makes the radar basically useless. Yeah, and they're like, they move kind of robotically, so 
you can tell that they're the robot dummies. But again, because it's so crowded, it's going to be really hard to tell who's the real people in this. So it's going to give Azuma Squad a huge advantage for the... They mention it's like a couple of minutes that the dummies will be active. So they tell their sniper it's time to blow a hole in the wall. So she uses the meteor power and literally like takes out half the building. Yeah. Taking out one of the enemies with it. Yeah, which is really funny because she does that on accident because apparently she doesn't want to shoot or hurt anybody. So she's actually like really upset that she got a point by taking somebody out with her meteor. And everyone was like, wow, I've never seen her use that ability. That was insane. Yeah, and the enemy team is like, um, what if A, what if she got over her like problem with killing? That's bad for us. B, what if accidentally killing someone has now caused her to get over? What if she got over her limitation just now? This could be horrible for us. Which so, is a cool way to end. It's yeah. definitely better than previous uh, World Trigger chapters we've read. Yeah, I'm 16 chapters into World Trigger. I'm going to be reading Demon Slayer before I start catching up on World Trigger, but... I do kind of like World Trigger, and at least the one that I read had a lot more kind of of the strategy between the teams of like, all right, so we need to get these many points, but because our captain was forced to concede, now it's like, all right, now we have to do this, so we need to all survive and get these points, but there was like some more talk about how the points and scoring system work, so it felt kind of more like a video game tournament. I thought it was weird that everybody knew what Takoma Squad was trying to accomplish i guess like it wasn't super weird but it was just weird that one of the announcers was like oh yeah they need to make b second rank in order to go on the away mission yeah it's like, oh that's public I, that's knowledge ca- I that's guess. public knowledge i guess okay maybe it's everyone b2 it up yeah it might have just been it's public knowledge that they want to do it so they were given the ultimatum that you have to make b rank two in order to do it all right so that's everything we read this week didn't take too long on it no So let's get into Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment of the podcast where we rank everything we've read from least favorite to most favorite. So, Kevin, what do you have at number 16? I have number 17. Put my hero in there? I did put my hero in there because I thought you said you got caught up. I lied. I also put my hero in there, but we didn't talk about it. So, Okay. Do we want to talk about it? or do I I was planning on doing it when we get to it. That's fine. So, I have number 17 is Act Age because why... So number 17 for me is Ruby, because at least Act Age has art and story I can follow and understand. I the, couldn't every follow. Every page of the art in Ruby just made me go, no. I think I gave it a little bit of slack because it's still Ruby. That might be. I, I wasn't a fan of it, but it got a little bit of slack. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Act Age, but. Also, I was in the weird spot of. So we. I read all the weekly titles and then remembered that we didn't talk about which of the monthly titles we were going to do for this week. So I had already kind of started my list and was like, yeah, I'll just put Ruby there. <laughs> I gotcha. I guess. What do you got in number 16? Neolation, because, man, is this thing losing me. That when he was 18 and won a hacking contest, just kind of killed it. 
I totally get that with Neolation. There are so many details that just kill it for me. But at number 16, I put Jujutsu Kaisen because I just could not follow this chapter at all. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen is my number 15. Like I said, I was able, I think I was able to follow it a bit better than you, but it was still super confusing. And it's like, all right, now I definitely need to get caught up on this to understand what's going on. Because essentially, again, this kind of feels like the tuning exams. We suddenly get the perspective of the enemies of Konoha that are using the tuning exams as an infiltration thing. And like, I don't know who they are or why they matter. So it's very weird to essentially see Orochimaru talking about his plans and not knowing who Orochimaru is. So my number 15 is Act Age. I liked it more than previous chapters because at least I had some emotion to it. But mostly it just got high because I really didn't like those other two. Yeah. So my number 14 was Ruby. And just like we said, I'm not a fan of the art, but I am a fan of the story, even though this is the second time seeing it. And I don't like, I don't even feel this is a good adaptation because it's not an adaptation. It's a retelling. And I don't know, maybe some people do like this art, but I don't. My number 14 was Neolation. I don't know that I have anything else to say about it. It didn't bug me as much as you, but it's still not a series I like. Yep. And so this is the point where I started liking chapters more. So I had Hell's Paradise at number 13. I'm still really confused what's going on, but there was some cool stuff going on. The explanation of the powers was kind of neat. So kind of down on the list, but I at least enjoyed these chapters as opposed to the other ones where I was like, oh, yay, I get to read another chapter of Neolation. I'm so overjoyed. I'm also at the part where I started to enjoy it. And my number 13 is also Hell's Paradise. Nice. Yeah. What do you got at 12? Black Clover. This was kind of like it was the wrap up after a battle chapter, and I just I wasn't that into it. Me either, but that's normal for me for Black Clover. Uh, my number twelve is a Haikyuu, actually, because like I said, I feel like I see the Matrix on it, and this chapter didn't do anything for me gotcha. in the way that the previous ones. I'm like, yeah, this is actually really good advice. I kind of like that these characters are feeling these emotions, but this one is just like, eh. Yeah. So my number eleven was Doctor Stone because it's Doctor Stone. So. It technically went down a couple of spaces from some of my previous chapters, but most of that wasn't that it went down. It was that other chapters that were below it or other titles that were below it went up. So it's still kind of like, yeah, Dr. Stone, it's kind of floating along. Yeah, ha, 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 It sure is Dr. Stone at number 11 for me as well. So for number 10, I had World Trigger. I did like this chapter of World Trigger a bit more. I liked the explanation of kind of how their the point system was going. I really liked the bit with the sniper and meteor going like, all right, you need to blow a hole in the wall, but be sure to target this section of the wall so that you don't accidentally hit one of my one of our teammates. She's like, okay, and then wipes out half of the mall, taking out somebody with it, going like, oh no, I've accidentally killed somebody and just thought it was pretty great. My number 10 is Black Clover. Kind of the same stuff you were saying. It's not my favorite thing, but I already kind of don't like Black Clover. I think my expectations for her are lower. Yep. And I did at least have those shonen beats of friendship and overcoming something, but the next challenge still just being over the horizon. Yeah. So my number nine was Haiku. I did kind of like this chapter. I liked the message of it of you can't let the pressure affect you that much. Like if you focus on how badly you need to perform you won't and so the guy kind of realizing like wait i it's not all on me i'm not some superstar player i've got a good team we can do this i really like that uh my number nine was world trigger pretty much all the stuff you talk about that meteor moment it's a good gag and then it also leads to kind of cool 
character beats. Yep. So then I have Demon Slayer at number eight. I still really like Demon Slayer. Just, I think I was, the reason it went down just a little bit was I was still frustrated that even though I told myself I was going to get caught up, I didn't. And I, again, I did really like this chapter a lot, so. All right. My number eight is Hell Warden Higema, because like I say, it's pretty standard shonen. Yep. But I do at least really like Aiyah, and she like adds something to the series. Yeah. And like, very, I don't know that any shonen series have like female lead characters, so. I yeah. kind of hope this one develops one. I guess Ruby does, but that huh. I don't count that. I mean, Fair. if we were talking about the anime, sure, let's go with that, but not this. My number seven was Hellwarden. I think I really liked the joke of her being like, "Well, I can't do anything," and with her hand up against the tree and like the sigil glowing, and him being like, "Well, I mean, you've got the glowing sigil," and she she doesn't say where did this tattoo come from, but she just has that look of like, "Where did this tattoo come from? Why is it glowing? Who who did this to me?" I was like, oh yeah, King Edmund must have done that. He must really like you. My number seven is Chainsaw Man. I did like this chapter, but power betraying Denji kind of really got me down. Like, I guess it's a surprise. Instead of the typical, they go, they fight, and they become friends. But I still it was kinda... just a weird downward swing that like was like, ah, oh, this is kind of disappointing. Yeah, I'm still expecting them to fight and become friends. Probably. And the bit about like the way demons work and a chainsaw demon being scary is really cool world building. Yeah, I. So my number six was One Piece. I still really liked One Piece, but even though we had stuff happening in this, it still felt like the part with Zoro was kind of interesting. But it's it a like, bit circular in that we kind of end at the same place where we feel like we end last chapter. Yeah, really the only thing that happened is that we know the big mom pirates are invading Wano, essentially. Which is a huge escalation. Yeah, it, it, like it's a big deal, but not a whole lot felt like it happened, even though stuff did happen. My number six was We Never Learn, kind of for similar, similar reasons. I did really like that one joke from Furuhashi, but there wasn't a lot otherwise, and again, it feels very spinning its wheels and that Yu-Gi-Oh! has been kind of coming to grips with his feelings this entire time, and yep. he doesn't really reach any conclusions here, I feel like, so. I got you. My number five was Food Wars. I do like Food Wars. It's still really fun, but I kind of liked the reveal of Soma's thing the last week a bit more than this one even though this is what like gave him the win and his dad explaining like oh yeah his freakish talent is that he's completely normal essentially was pretty cool so still a really good chapter but I liked some of the other ones more uh, my number five was one piece and I don't know that I have anything more to say than like I said it's kind of circular yep so my number four was Chainsaw Man really liked it really liked the world building really liked just the chapter in general. I actually kind of did like the fact that Power betrayed him, even though it didn't feel like that was going to be the setup at all. It felt like Samurai Suit Guy, who I'm just going to keep calling Samurai Suit Guy, or some variation Ayakawa. of Sword Suit Katana Guy, was going to be the person that Denji was going to have to like fight in order to become friends with, that it ended up being Power, who seemed like they were going to get along much better. So I kind of liked that turn, even though it was a downward turn i like the fact that i was kind of legitimately surprised by that my number four is demon slayer mostly a lot of it is that last panel of her stabbing the dude through the neck the art is super good oh uh, that, that was sweet but a lot of it really just comes down to the art is super good in this entire thing but also like i said the beats all really work even as yep. someone who's barely read any of this yeah so my number three was we never learn 
I still really like We Never Learn, and I laughed at some of the jokes. I I just kind of, I really like We Never Learn, so one at number three. Yeah, my number three is Food Wars. Catching up on it this week might have impacted that a little bit, but yeah. also I thought it was pretty solid Food Wars stuff. Yeah. All the stuff you like about Food Wars is here. Um, and I really like the setups, both in that Sarge is going to reveal something to Soma about either his dad or Saiba or his own techniques. Yep. And Sukasa versus Saiba should be pretty good, even if it's pretty inevitable how it's going to turn yep. out. And it's better than Totokoro jobbing to him. Yeah. So my number two was the Promised Neverland. Even though not a whole lot happened in the chapter the emotional beats were amazing like it's norman i can't believe it and then him kind of going through oh it's all the kids from gracefield that managed to escape and then there's all these new kids and he's like oh man if i had known about that beforehand i could have helped out i really like the fact that the first thing ray did is walked up and slapped him which was pretty good promise neverland was my number one to just get that out of the way because even though there's not a lot to say about chapters like this like i said they're kind of a weird like product of the format of manga that nothing really happens they're also the moments that like i live for in shonen stories i mean really it's when the shipping gets confirmed those are my favorite bits but this is a sort of similar emotional peak yeah and like that's the stuff that makes really good series yep one of the only reasons that my hero academia beat out promise neverland for me was the reveal in it about deku's quirk yeah i don't like, we didn't talk about My Hero Academia. Guess who we got caught up on My Hero Academia? This guy. Well, that's because I kind of don't want to spoil it, like, just in general, because what happened to this chapter is a real, like, game changer for the series in a lot of ways. Yeah. So or this at least was, for, at least in a temporary way. Yeah, this was a huge mind-blown thing, so always really like My Hero Academia. It's always rated very highly for me, and that reveal just... It's cool. Um, it's, I don't want to say cliche cause that's definitely not the right term, but no. it is a way to go. That's kind of like, I feel like I could have written that, which is not really the take away from it. What really gets it this high for me, that is really cool. And it like makes you think like, oh, what about Gran Torino? Oh, that's going to be sweet. But what really did it for me was that one panel of Deku catching the like memory foam thing and protecting the, the Kevlar yeah. bindings. Yeah. Yeah. That panel is rad yeah there's some amazing art so i also like the fact that shinso saving deku and then everyone just, <laughs> just immediately resuming because of class b asshole yeah it's like you know hey something went horribly wrong we should probably stop right now time no. only lasts for 30 seconds <laughs> yeah it was like no we we're fighting now we haven't decided who's going to win it's like really seriously like it's almost like oh i got stabbed or i suddenly realized i'm radioactive i should probably back off and not do anything no 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 we fight now okay here we go oh uh, yeah my hero academia pretty sweet one of the guys who convinced me to watch my hero academia just started reading the manga and i just kind of randomly read his twitter today on my break and he's like i'm now entering the part of the manga after the anime i don't know how to feel and he's like guess how many chapters it took me to cry three this yep. season is gonna be so good oh i'm so looking forward to that ah <laughs> uh, yeah part of me so i was looking at uh, i got like a news feed notification on my phone that they came out with a united states of smash figurine that's pretty cool it was limited edition so i saw it when i looked at it they were sold out and they were selling for about 
$560. Yeah. But it looked really cool. It was I like, can imagine. Yeah, it's just him. It's just All Might punching one for all right in the face. Like, that's still one of my, because they were like, yeah, it was one of the most iconic finishers we've ever seen. Like, that fight was amazing. That finisher was amazing. The name of the move is amazing. I feel like it's the best part that's been animated so far. There's a part coming up that might top it. Yeah. With the with the next thing, but yeah, the, that's yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite parts of the show is that United States of Smash move. Like, yeah. oh, as soon as he had two uh, state named attacks, I was waiting for United States of Smash to show up, and that was the episode where I caught up. Also, nice, yeah, it was good timing. So, speaking of anime, we're looking forward to. We never learn is getting an anime adaptation this spring. Yeah. And we'll talk about Volume 1 after the break. So we are back and reread We Never Learn Volume 1. Yeah. It's a lot like Chapter 95, only more introductory. Yeah. I mean, We Never Learn has kind of been uh, episodic. Yeah, super episodic. It's very episodic romantic comedy gag stuff. Yep. And it does build on itself, and that's when I really, really like it. But after the introductions are done and all the characters are in play at about Chapter 4, this one is just doing the thing it's always done. Yep. Which I like, so... I do, too. I do really like in the first chapter, we get those dumb, dumb Japanese nicknames that I don't know if anyone in Japan actually uses, but I sincerely hope they do. Mm-hmm. That you get in uh, anime and manga. For example, Ogata, who's the one who's good at math, is the Thumbelina supercomputer. Yes. Because she's short. And Furuhashi is the, she's like the, the... the sleeping beauty of the literary forest. Yes. <laughs> and later, we get a picture of Takamoto, literally as a mermaid, seashell bikini and all, because she is the shimmering ebony mermaid princess. Yes. Again, I don't think anyone in Japan actually uses those sorts of phrases, but God, I hope they do. Yep. So before we get too far into it, did you find all of the yellowy dolls? I made a note of that. I, I did not try to find them. I found two. I did. Incidentally. I found all of them, and I found the one in the current chapter as well. There is no prize, Kevin. I know there's no prize, there's but not I found even a Marvel all. no prize. Uh, in the first beginning of the first volume, there's a thing where he has apparently hidden a little character he shows you in every chapter. Yep, and it's still going, 95 chapters in, which is pretty funny. But I, it wasn't that hard because I had already like essentially I just read through the volume and then I went back through just like looking at the pages to find him. So I will tell you where all of them are. I believe that you did this. You do not have to do that. I was actually kind of curious if he actually did it in all of them or not. Yeah. So because I tend to be pretty observant, although I did read this right before we had to record. So yeah, I might have spent more time looking if we didn't have to. Yeah. So from the volume, the one in chapter one is on page 19. The doll will always be, or at least when I found him, has always been on a background piece. There's one where he's in a text message. Yeah, he's but it's like he's not just going to be floating in space behind one of the characters because there's times where he doesn't draw backgrounds. So he'll be like sitting on a desk, sitting in a hamper, 
doing some like somewhere like that. Like in the most current chapter, he's like he's on part of like the landscaping of one of the houses that they're running by. So we never learned, like I said, it's basic harem anime stuff. Yep. It's kind of, I don't want to say trying, that's not the word I want, or grading, neither of those are right, but when you're reading a whole bunch of chapters in a row, how fanservice-y it is kind of becomes more apparent, and yep. I have a tolerance for that, that it doesn't bug me when I'm reading a chapter every week. It's almost kind of cute, but yep. when I'm reading seven in a row, and I see Furuhashi like, bend way down over, and we only see that because of our camera angle. Yes. I get a little, uh. And in the first chapter, there's definitely shots of Furuhashi and Ogata taking ba- showers for no reason. no reason. Yep. But that's kind of what we never learn is. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the core appeal to it in a way. And I think that kind of takes away from the funny moments of it. I mean, definitely the I have to teach these two hot babes. I don't think. The premise. Yeah. But... I don't think it takes away from it, but I think you just don't like fan service very much that's definitely true i'm definitely critical of it like i said when i get it once a week it comes off as kind of cute yep but when i have to see those all together it starts to feel a little pervy yep and again i also think that we never learn is just best in weekly spurts because it is very very, episodic so reading it all in one volume not the best way to do that now that's not to detract from it there's like, I've heard plenty of TV shows where people are like, all right, so even though you can binge watch the whole thing, don't put at least a couple of days in between every episode or you'll kind of lose, like, what was the, it was Erased when that was coming out. They're like, even though you could watch all of Erased, please put a couple of days in between each episode of Erased. It really helps the mystery unfold when you kind of think about the episode rather than I get... 10 seconds while the end credits are playing to think about how the mystery is progressing before I go into the next episode. Yeah, it's binging something versus watching it all in a row is a real different feel. I feel that way about Darling in the Bronx, which I you can hear on my other podcast was just gushing about week to week. But I, I, I know you binged it and liked it, but I feel like it's not a good binge in large part because the climax is weak. I didn't binge the whole thing. I would watch like a couple of episodes and then do something else and then watch a couple of episodes. It wasn't like, all right, I'm going to sit down and just watch all of Darling in the Franks. I like would watch it in spurts. So it wasn't quite a week to week thing, but nor was it. I'm just going to sit down and watch all of this. So anyway, I like I said earlier, I don't have a lot to say about We Never Learn. The girls are cute and that is important. They're well drawn. Yep. He does a good job of creating sympathy for Yu-Gi-Oh by showing you his family situation and why he wants to be such a good student. He does a good job of paralleling Ogata and Furuhashi to him. More Furuhashi than Ogata, but... Yeah. Well, and I definitely like that he figures out what their motivations are. Like, oh, Ogata loves games, but is terrible at them, so she wants to understand people because she can't, and that's why she loses at games, so that's why she wants to go into psychology. As opposed to science or math. And there's a great bit where he's like, well, why can't you, Ogata, why can't you just explain how to do math to Furuhashi? And she basically says, it's like trying to tell her how to breathe. Yeah, I do really like that both of them are like just so beyond it that they can't explain it. Like, that's not how anyone really acts, but there is a truth to it in that when you get really good at something, it can become hard to explain the basics to someone and yeah. get them up to a level where they can understand your advice. 
it's not just when you become really good at it. It's when you're naturally good at something. Like, I've definitely felt that of, well, how did you do that? I don't know. I just did it. I can't, I can't even tell you how I did it. Like, I didn't have to go through this thought process that you're going to go to. I looked at it and saw the answer. And Ogata does that. I was like, wow, why didn't you write down any of the equations? I didn't need to. I looked at it and saw the answer. I'm weirdly a Yu-Gi-Oh type, and I always kind of break down how do I do... Like, the way I kind of air quote study for things is by imagining teaching it to somebody. Like, even when we're doing this podcast, I will often rehearse, what am I going to say about it in my head? To imaginary Kevin? Yes, versus uh, I'm much more freeform, and I kind of just go with it. And there are tons of things where it's like, how did you learn how to do that? Like, I remember, so specifically juggling. I learned to juggle in a weekend reading a book, but it was literally like, I I just started juggling. that, And it was really just learning the hand motions that I can't really, I couldn't teach somebody how to juggle. I could tell you how I did it and say, hey, I read this book and learned how to juggle, but... It's kind of disheartening to hear, oh, well, I learned it in a weekend, so if you don't, then you're weird or bad at it. Uh, back to what you said about it establishing the girls' motivations very early on. I think that's super important to this series and its success, because that's what makes it not just another cheesecake anime and lets, yep. lets the characters kind of breathe through and shine, and what gives it the quality that makes it fun to come back to every week. Yep. And they're not really the typical anime harem tropes. There's not like a Sundere one. No. Or anything like that. And initially, they don't, besides Uraraka, they don't even like Yu-Gi-Oh! And yeah. I mean, it takes quite a while for them to start realizing that they kind of like him as a person. And it's not just the, oh, they start off with, oh, you're going to abandon us like everybody else. Because they have that thing of, oh, you want to learn this thing that you're terrible at? And he even said... Well, why don't you just want to go into science? Because they never told him. So it was like, why are you trying so hard to be good at English when you're so good at math? No, you cannot use math to figure out emotions. And uh, with Thurahashi in particular, there's a bunch of stuff seated early on here that comes back way later when we started reading. Like her dad being super overbearing and her love of astronomy. That makes it feel planned out, even if it was come to later, which is something I always appreciate. It's not important that you actually plan out things early, but it is important that you be able to make it feel like you did. Yeah. If you plant seeds that don't come to fruition, it's not that bad, but it's really good if... Oh yeah, I remember I had, you know, I had this inkling of something and then later on I figured out how to tie that back in as long as there's that tie in the Chris Claremont approach to writing comics. Yes. But I don't really have a lot to say about we never learn as a result, which is kind of disappointing, I feel like. It was a pretty breezy read. It yep. felt pretty good, but I feel like a chapter a day is a way better way to read this series than volumes, yeah. And I also feel like because it's so episodic just jumping in like I did is very easy, which is a great strength of the series, especially in a monthly syndicated publication or weekly, I guess, not even monthly. Yep. But it's hard to recommend going back to the volumes or binging all this if you pay the dollar ninety nine. Yeah, but if you pay the dollar ninety nine, you can kind of you don't have to do it once a week, but you, you can, can read, read one every day or whatever. Read one every day, read one every couple of days, and just be like, all right, it's time to read the we never learn, and we really like it. I think it's fun. I enjoyed rereading through the volume because I had read a bunch of the stuff and the fanservice-ness of it didn't bother me as much as it does Jeremy. Yeah, and 
part of this is I think just me not really being super into the Viz like Shonen Jump archive because of how small it is. But also, I just don't really feel a desire to catch up on We Never Learn. It's always high on my list. I'm always excited when I get to read it in Shonen Jump this week. Yeah. But I never want to seek out like more of it. Yeah. Versus for me, when I started reading, it was like 30 chapters in or something like that. So it wasn't this big, oh, I've got to read 50 chapters it was like oh i've only got to read like 20 30 chapters i kind of want to see where this story started let's go with it yeah so do you have anything to say about it really because like i said it was a fun read but i mean disposable is a terrible way to put it because all entertainment is disposable it's all here to waste our time and if you like the sound of we never learn and you just pay the dollar 99 i would say for shonen jump and hit those archives up see if it clicks for you but yeah it's not gonna blow anybody's mind i don't think not like promise neverland or my hero academia no but that's also one of the things i like about it it's kind of that you can't have a five-star meal every night sometimes you just want something comforting like a turkey sandwich or stew like something kind of simple not that this is kind of simple but it's nice that there isn't a ton of deep stuff going on. It's kind of episodic. This is kind of like a nice comfort read of, oh yeah, we never learn. This is going to be cute and funny and I'm going to like it. And I don't need to think that hard. I'm not trying to remember 60 chapters back when this thing happened. If it clicked, it clicked. If it didn't click, it didn't matter. I don't feel like I missed out on something. Like I said, and for all those reasons, I love getting to it in Shonen Jump. Yeah. Because it's a nice little brush of, a nice little breath of fresh air, but I don't, like I said, reading it in chunks just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, it didn't bother me as much. So one thing you could try is just reading it. Even if you buy the volume, don't just sit there and read the whole volume all at once if that bothers you. Read a chapter at a time. Yeah, because I still really liked it. So it's not like, oh, I can't believe that I bought volume one of We Never Learn. I mean, I certainly liked it as well. I just, critically speaking, don't have a lot to say about it. Other than there is this one amazing panel of Ogata and Furuhashi both whispering a secret to Yugi at different times. But it's mirrored, so it looks like it's happening at the same time and he's being crowded in. And if I still did panel of the week, it would absolutely be that one. Yep. Because that really sold the emotion. But other than that, it's fine. I don't really like harem style comedies and this one is one of my favorites so yeah versus i'm not gonna say they're my favorite thing ever but i do kind of enjoy that kind of stuff so that's one of the reasons i like we never learn so it's a good read i recommend picking it up all right so if that's all we have to say about it the last order of business is to put yugia on personality power level Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank characters from manga, from our favorites to our least favorites. I guess from our best to the worst, although favoritism is certainly an important element here. Yep. At the top, we have Izuki Midoriya, uh, who will make you cry. Yes. At the bottom, we have Haruhi Fujioka, who, I don't know, I guess some people do cry about her, but... I feel like they cry more about the other people in there, and she's just, you know, she is incapable of crying. There we go. There's a good transition and in the middle we have a niece murphy but back down the most comparable character on the list is haruhi so i like yugiha more than haruhi obviously yeah i do too he's got more personality to him i feel with his goals and his reasoning for why he wants to 
get the scholarship he's going for. Yeah, and I like that he understands some of the situations that he's in are a little weird, but he doesn't, a lot of the time it's an accident, and he's like, oh, it must have been an accident, and sometimes it's more on purpose, and he's like, oh no, it still must have been an accident. So so right above her we have Shinichi from Parasite. How do we think he compares to him? I like him more than Shinichi, because... Again, like I've said with Sunichi before, I kind of feel like he just kind of rolls over for a lot of things versus Yugiha. He Yugiha does... does too, but then he has moments where he doesn't to accent them. Like in this yeah. volume, he has the bit where he stands up to a girl who's hitting on Furuhashi. Yeah. And a lot of that, I feel like he doesn't tend to roll over. Like a lot of the thing they focus on is that he focuses more on others than himself. So he looks at how can I help people as opposed to how can I help myself? And I like that about him, even though they kind of mention it as it is kind of a character flaw. It's great thinking about other people, but if you don't focus on yourself at all, you won't be able to help anybody either because you won't be essentially worth anything. Like it reminded me of a a scene from an anime where I was like, oh yeah, if they had sacrificed their lives, they wouldn't have been able to protect anybody. So why are you upset at them that they decided that like, yeah, soldiers do kind of need to protect themselves. I can't throw myself in front of every bullet to potentially save you when the next one would shoot you down anyway, kind of thing. Speaking of soldiers, next up on the list is Keiji Kiria from All You Need Is Kill. And I feel like I like Keiji a bit more, honestly. He doesn't have a ton going on, but I really like his kind of. I do like hang-ups. his drive. He's very similar to Yugi, I think, yeah. in a lot of weird ways, and that they're both kind of bland people that interesting things happen to. Yeah, I do like KG's drive, so I could see Yugi starting kind of here. I also feel like, just as a rule, the protagonists of harem animes exist to as lenses. That's yeah. the problem with both Haruhi and Yugiya. Yugiya has a lot more personality than most of them, but he still doesn't have a tremendous amount, I feel. Yeah, usually they're supposed to be very personality blank so that you can kind of insert yourself into their position, which is a lot of what the fantasy is about harem animes. So I do kind of agree with that. They're kind of, like you said, for Yugiya has actually has a lot more personality than normal. Usually they they really don't. You're kind of almost expected to insert yourself into their pants. Ha 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 ha. Or the other's pants. Ha 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 ha. So Yugiya Naruyuki will go at number 13, above Shinichi and below Keiji Kiria. All right. One extra bit of business we have. We have to decide what we're going to be reading from now on. It's time for the manga draft. Okay, I hope you have a good music thing for that. I'll find something. Okay, I'm going to go first because I pitched this idea. So I'm going to pick One Piece as the first thing we're going to keep reading. Okay. I'll take the cop out and take My Hero Academia. Oh, I, I was not sure if that was going to make it or not. I guess from now on, we'll be talking about My Hero Academia. So expect spoilers. Get your skip buttons ready if you don't want uh, to know what's going to happen in season five. Yep, but... I haven't been talking about it for a while, which is fine. But the fact that I can pick it you and you're coming now. Out, yeah, yeah, because that's fair. It's still one of my favorite manga to read or animes to watch. And even I like the most current season of the anime. I had 
known what was going to happen beforehand and still really, really liked it. Uh, so my next pick is going to be Food Wars. Okay. Because I just got caught up on that anime, and it's pretty rad. Yep. I'll take the Promised Neverland. I think we both really like talking about it, and the anime for Promised Neverland has just started, and I've really liked that. Even and I though... feel like the manga is at a real high point next, this right now. It yeah. made best on my list two weeks in a row. So Yep. I'm going to take Chainsaw Man then. Okay. Because it's a new series that I'm really liking. And even though I've been down on the more recent ones, I'm really hoping that's going to be the next big series. Gotcha. I am totally unprepared for this draft. Uh, I've just got a list here. I didn't like have ideas or anything. I've got a list of the chapters, so I'm just looking at that. I'll actually pick We Never Learn. I still like talking about We Never Learn. And like you said, it's a bit more fun as a chapter-by-chapter chapter thing, so... Talking about it every week should be pretty good. I was hoping you were going to pick it. I kind of, I wasn't going to because I frequently find I don't have much to say about it. Yeah. But I'm glad you did. Uh, my last pick is going to be Demon Slayer. I was expecting that. Yeah, because that's the series that they added that I like the most. Yeah. So. so now it's me for the last one. I think for right now, I'm actually going to pick Hellwarden. I've kind of liked Hellwarden a lot. So I was 50-50 on whether you're going to pick Hellwarden or Black Clover. Yeah. Well... Black Clover's been a little weird, and since you don't like it as much, it still will probably, if there's a chapter that I like, we can talk about it in one of the highlights, Yeah, but it's one of those, you just don't like the art style, so I feel like the discussion usually turns to, I didn't get what was happening in yeah. this chapter. and Which isn't always great. No. To be clear, we will be picking two other series every week to add to this list, so we can still talk about Black Clover, I'm guessing that one's going to get picked a lot. And maybe hike uh, you when we see good ones. Dr. Stone, if we don't just think it's math. I feel like Dr. Stone is going to be. Yeah, it's in the middle of the list of our jump card. I uh, kind of meh. And yeah. then that's that's going to be all of Dr. Stone. It might be. I do like it more than you, I think, still. But yeah. we do have very similar feelings on it. Yeah. So for right now, I do like having Hell Warden, which looking at my list, the titles that we picked are my numbers one through eight. Are they mine as well? They sure are. Yeah, so what a surprise. Yeah. Uh, if there are any new series added, I think we're going to take the jump card approach and add them for three weeks and then vote on if we keep them or not. Yeah. Initially, we were planning on doing it for the whole month, but since we took a week off. Well, Shonen Jump took a week off. So. Yeah, Shonen Jump took a week off. But yeah, if there are any new series, we'll read well, them for a while and yeah. then decide if we want to keep doing them every week or not. That's typically what I tend to do anyway. That's why I'm currently watching 16 different anime in the new season, because I'm kind of interested in a lot of them. So I'm giving them a couple of episodes to, all right, I'm actually kind of liking this one. I'm going to continue it. Or after a couple episodes, it's like, eh, kind of the novelty worn off and I'm not going to watch it as much because the kind of unfortunate thing about this is there's like a couple titles that release on Monday, one title rising of the shield hero that releases on wednesday then it's like eight titles on friday and another eight titles on saturday or something like that like it's a very weekend staggered release which is nice for watching stuff over the weekend but it's kind of like oh there's like seven new anime to watch today that's slightly daunting all right so that does it for this week's episode and the month so next month we are going to be reading vaguely romance styled stories because nothing says romance like two guys without girlfriends talking about manga yep so we are going to start with the prequel to a series we've already read codename sailor v which i love it's great 
I think it'll be very fun. And she's the guardian of love and beauty. That's basically romance, right? Yeah, sure. Let's go with Venus that. Venus Valentine's Day. It, it just flows. The second volume is vaguely romantic. This one, uh, not so much, really. But we're going to read it next week. Until then, you can see our previous episodes and our personality power level list at www.lastpodcast.com. You can read comments there if you have any romance-themed manga you'd like to recommend or other manga you'd like to recommend we read. You can also join our Discord there, which is the best way to get a hold of us if you want to chat. You can also see my other two podcasts, Last Time on Video Games, where we just played... Oh, there's no episode coming out this week. Yeah, you've shifted to the bi-weekly schedule. Yeah, uh, and it was off... Well, I guess I didn't announce that we... The last week's episode, because we were off last week, we just played a game that was really good, because I can remember what it was, so it must have been great, right? Sure. It's two episodes old in recording, so I can't remember for that reason. And also, it's a Gundam. We just got through the Andrew Waltfeld arc, which is one of the best parts of the series, so you can hear us talk about a dumb bearded guy trying to harass a Gundam from a boat for a while. And that's a good time, even if the episodes aren't great. Nice. If you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice, or just tell a friend about this sweet manga podcast that's going to start spoiling My Hero Academia for them. Yep. And Promise Neverland, their new favorite anime. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Kevin, is there anything you want to plug? Not this week. Okay. We'll see you next week. I'm going to do lots of up to make editing hard for you since you missed a week. Gee, thanks. Uh, no problems. No troubles. No whichever take you take. <laughs>